Hey, welcome to Knee Down Podcast. I hope you enjoy. Please like and share if you do. Hmm. All right. Well, let's get started. Welcome to Knee Down Podcast. Ah, Thanks for having me. I'm Aaron and I'm joined with Paros. Hello. Uh, Yeah. Thanks for joining, buddy. So I know Paros um, from Track Day Fitness and he was one of my clients pre-lockdown madness um, and we made some pretty sweet progress uh, and now got pretty close and we love motorbikes and good to talk even across the world because you are where? I'm in Sydney, Australia. Yeah, buddy. And I'm in I'm in England. <laughs> <laughs> no, we did, we did make some serious progress. It was cool to, um, to find someone even though it was across the other side of the planet who was taking fitness and motorcycling just as seriously as i was yeah definitely was yeah for that for that fitness side and and the fact that you were uh trying to improve this year when going into racing because you had had good number of races planned coming back from an injury um and we're pretty excited to see what was happening did we get one race done was it or was that we got one we got one race done I made my little Instagram story. I was really proud of it, thinking I was going to have a really good year ahead. Of, yeah. I was going to become my own version of Rossi, and um, <laughs> it absolutely bucketed down that day. It was torrential, and we had the 600 started first, so we actually got whoa, three races in, oh, sorry, quali and two races, um, whereas most people only got quali and one race, so we got the most out of the day, and I came qualified fifth and finished ninth so felt pretty good yeah yeah it was good what what's your uh, instagram handle super paros things there you go Which is a, i'm loving yeah, the worth... uh the the current videos that you're putting up little just like was it just like your day trip on yeah, board? that's it and i finally finally got a good gopro and the op- opportunity to to show off the the road bike, the Ducati, as much as the race bike. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, jealous that you got two bikes. <laughs> yeah. Should should jump on it. It's a great feeling. <laughs> yeah, it's all about that money, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, what money? <laughs> yeah, bloody hell. Everyone who's, who's like like us, not, not a professional, just a working individual who loves motorbikes, just like, yeah, cheers. Yeah, yeah, that's it. There's that meme from uh, Tiger King where it's like, I'm never going to financially recover from this. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, welcome to motorbikes. <laughs> yeah, that's every day at the track. Yeah, man. Oh, man. Oh, so we'll get on to that. So what I thought we'll chat about mm-hmm. is some MotoGP news. Um, have you been following any of the news? No, I listened to your last podcast, which brought me up to speed. Oh, okay, sweet. Um, well, I've got a few little things and I'll see what your uh, your thoughts are. And then we'll have a little bit of chat about track day, see what's going on in Oz, what's going on in England, because I had a little look at the the new COVID rules as well um, for garages and things like that. And then we'll have a, we'll, I think we'll just continue what we started on at the beginning with a little bit of fitness. Um, so yeah, Sounds see what, good. how we go for the next hour. Um, in terms of MotoGP, so I thought, I thought it was game over, like they... To, uh, announced that Japan was going to be cancelled, but on the 29th of May, just to, some digging this morning, 
And the most irritating thing is it's, it's not on the MotoGP website. This is from a like independent um, news person who's done their own research. And they found that um, it is going to be broken down basically into just Spain, or at least in Europe. So like 19th of July. So it's in Italian too. So I had to go and Google Translate. <laughs> Because it was like 19 Lugilio 2020. I was like, what is that? <laughs> is that going to be June? Um, anyway, Jerez. Jerez on the 19th of Ju- July and the 26th of July. So they're going to be, be doing multiple races at the same track by the looks of things. Mm. Um, so hopefully July, we're going to get what? started some MotoGP. That's so soon. I'm surprised that it's not on the main website. Yeah, well... I had a look this morning to see what was what the crack was, um, and the only reason I saw it is because I stumbled across um, Andrea Davizioso. Mm-hmm. He had made some comments saying that they need some work to do before Jerez, and I was like, "What? Jerez's going to start?" This is good news then. Well, that's it really is good make news. Kind of, I mean, I was doing a bit of um, marketing and promotional work for my local track days before lockdown started. And uh, they kind of ran out of money or steam. And so I could almost imagine may- maybe MotoGP's just fired all their social media and news people and, <laughs> and not keeping up to date with pumping out the info. Maybe. I don't know. They can't. They, they must. I'm... <laughs> they must have enough money. <laughs> surely. Surely. <laughs> um, the amount we pay for tickets. Oh, I know. I think it was. Um, the thing is, though, what I found living in Oz is that things are quite a lot like more expensive there mm. so the tickets were like uh philip island i think they were pretty cheeky um and also because australia is so bloody massive as well like to travel there as well it's yeah. uh it's a it's a case of getting there staying so you've got your hotels and things like that whereas uh silverstone is pretty i think central for a lot of a lot of people so so how long does it take you to, to drive there. to silverstone uh, so I rode up last year and I think it was hour and 10, hour and 20. Okay. If, if, um, if I, if I ride to Phillip Island, it takes about 13 hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. On a, on, on your Duke as well. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't be too bad, but it's not an absolute like adventure tour, is it? No, not really. Bit of a sore oh, back. Yeah. yeah, man. We drove down there. Um, it was like eight eight hours. Just did it in one a, one yeah. stint. Yeah, pretty savage. But that's exciting. We got MotoGP coming. So as of July, um, nineteenth of July, is going to yeah. be the first race. Fantastic! That's so good. I'm so excited for that. I'm pumped. Absolutely pumped. So yeah, okay. So Friday is the seventeenth. So. I imagine that's going to be their first time on the bike since. I haven't seen anything about like any riders getting any testing or anything like that. Surely, I mean, it's got to be down to, you know, we've been struggling to get track days. I can't imagine they get any more access or anything else, just simulators and gym work. Yeah, I've been seeing Fabio Quadraro actually doing a lot of simulator work. He looks like he has a full setup though. Um, So Yamaha is obviously put some good money in it like in terms of he's got a bike to sit on 
Where do you buy? I need one of these. This, uh, just the upfront cost must be a lot, but then after that, think there's no tires, there's no petrol. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, and then yeah, little virtual screen. So get your get your big screen up. Yeah. Get some nice leans. Yeah. Um. So, what I did see though is no spectators, which is understandable. Um. But hopefully by the end of the year, by 2021, everything will be normal. Hopefully. I wasn't planning to go to Spain anyway, but... Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Works for So, me. everyone's going to watch it on TV anyway, so... Yeah. I think that's the beauty of this sport. Um, yeah, so that's good news. And... Then, like, so... We've got Miller that's gone to Ducati, which I think is pretty... pretty well, big, Ducati factory. Big news over here, yeah. Big news over here. I got to meet him last year, at the end of last year, and realised how down to earth he actually was for a guy who who um you know to to leave australia all the big all the big time you know formula one guys moto gp guys world superbike guys they have to give up a lot and they have to really back themselves you know it's not only it's not only their talent but also their mentality to drop everything and and move to the other side of the world to succeed he was really humble about that he's he spent time you know saying it was it was down to the help of a lot of people so i really yeah. appreciated that that's so where did you meet him uh, at a track day he came they oh. the organizers got him down and yeah he was taking so he cool. took a few people on some two up bike rides so we had a jump on no I did, I did they got one news anchor person to do it and a couple of the more senior people i think who run the days mm. got an opportunity but other than that yeah okay Fair enough. Yeah. But that's, that, yeah, that's nice to be able to meet him. But I think that's really cool that he's got the opportunity. Um, he, he was doing so well mm. in in the satellite team. Um, so to get that full factory position, which obviously has put Danilo out. Yeah. And that's been confirmed. So I don't know what he's going to do because I saw a few like interviews that maybe KTM he would like to go. He would like to go Prilia. Um but if that doesn't work out, then World Superbikes seems That's, like another option. Does feel that way, doesn't it? I think he's got he's got a lot of talent there. He's proved he can win a race, um, and his home race at that. So he can. Um, it's kind of up to him now where he goes. He's that age of age and stage of. He's not the young guy anymore, but he's not old. So yeah. probably just f- about finding the right fit, the right team, the right people around him. Do you find it quite savage how cutthroat it is? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, it, that's that's the you know. I mean, back on the the Miller point as well, how he had to go over there. He's got some interesting insights of, or, or I've seen and spoken to a lot of the guys um, racing at the top level here, who go over for an op- a rookie opportunity, you know, with World Superbikes and the the politics. They don't hear, you know, that I've heard that they go over the opportunity of the bike that they thought were going to ride didn't have the funding all of a sudden. So they've, you know, bought their ticket, given up their, their racing season over here to chase another and they don't get any. So, you know, a whole year of racing's wasted. So if it happens on that level, I kind of, yeah, makes sense. It goes all the way through the top. Yeah. It's pretty intense um, as a sport because it's all down. You, you're by yourself. So you don't perform and then see you later. Catch mm. you later. Yeah, that's it. 
Um, and that brings me to my next point. So we got um, Aleish Asparo. I think it's Aleish. He's, uh -huh. he's moved. Well, he's not signed his contract. Is it Aleish Asparo from KTM or is it Aleish Asprilia? Paul, it's Paul. Paul Asparo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, from KTM has, there's been huge hints that he's going to be the next Honda factory rider with Mark. Yeah. Um, but I saw on a interview that Pooj has announced that anyone has actually signed a contract and that was it, that's all he said. So no hints there, which is standard, but... Yeah. I think I think everyone might be right. Like it usually is the case with all all these uh, reporters. They they're pretty nifty, pretty sneaky. It's not a big paddock, so it's not like Formula One where yeah. it's hidden behind a lot of walls. There's a lot of the people who are passionate about it are right there, so they they're gonna find out pretty quick. You'd hope anyway. Yeah. So what do you reckon about that? Uh, Paul going to Honda, and Alex Marquez. Well, that's the thing. That's like you said last week. That opportunity that we missed to see the two brothers in action. I'm kind of intrigued. Yeah. I would have thought that's again. That's where I would have almost wanted the the team aspect of knowing how someone might work, how they might think. You know, as much as it's up to the individual, like you say, that opportunity to know how someone thinks or so how someone operates be pretty handy if they were brothers. But yeah, I, I did know. too. I thought because they, they were brothers, um, yeah. and they've clearly they've clearly sort of got a really close relationship and worked together so well throughout their sort of careers that I thought um, Alex was going to get some really good sort of mentoring um, on that machine and would be pretty pretty lethal weapon but we're not going to see it no. I think that's so savage like he didn't yeah. even get a chance he'll be back he'll be back he'll in, be back he, he'll be in some form it could work out best better for him you know everyone's going to yeah, come true. off the back of this year you'd rather your first year be a full year rather than a one that's cut into pieces like 2020 is going to be. Yeah. Well, going by what we opened with, I mean, we might actually see a few races. So yeah, yeah, it is, it is good. Um, but yeah, didn't get to prove himself when we heard that news. We'll see what happens. We'll see. Um, and then he might replace, so he might go to the LCR side of the garage and, uh, from what I can tell, it's Carl Crutchlow who's going to be on the uh, chopping block. Yeah, we've we've got one stepping up in Australia, and you got one stepping down for you guys. Yeah, yeah for the UK. And apparently, uh, those those two get along quite well as well. So, yeah. So, the commentators always go on about it when yeah. on the MotoGP. Um, so they 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 obviously know each other pretty well, and then there was an interview where Carl was like he's gonna as soon as he's retired he will help Jack as much as possible he said that Jack's got the best potential he reckons to uh, cool. challenge Mark cool which I'm happy with let's challenge Marquez he's he's freaking awesome yeah yeah but uh but yeah it'd be nice to like 2019 was a joke <laughs> oh. uh, okay <laughs> he yeah, just took yeah, it away yeah. Although there were some great finishes, you know, you look at how Rins had a finish on him, Petrucci had a finish Glorious. on him, Dovi had a finish on him. So it was 
no one was standing up to him over the course of a season, but at each track, someone was standing up to him and keeping the racing exciting right to the line. Yep. Fabio, at the end of 2019. Yeah. yeah. He was putting some good pressure on. Yeah. Which was, it was great to see. But uh, I'm glad that he's gone factory because um, that Patronus Yamaha, I know, I know he got factory specs by the end of the season, but um at the start of the season he was just getting destroyed on the straights and but he's yeah. still putting it he's still putting it to everyone which is amazing that's it it's got i think that's it. got the best one of the best paint schemes but uh, other than that it's missing all the other tech what the patronus yeah love the turquoise yeah <laughs> bit, bit more bit more interesting colors rather than just reds and oranges all the time true i love the suzuki yeah it's glorious yeah, yeah. It looks. But you're a looks, Suzuki boy, so that's. I am. It's <laughs> a bit of a dead giveaway. I am. <laughs> and I'm a Yamaha guy, so there you go. Biased. <laughs> um. Oh, is your track bike a Yamaha? Mm, it's an R6. Oh, it's an R6. Yeah. Mm. It's real yeah. original. Yeah, it looks. Like, it looks like a Batman mobile. To be fair, though, like. Yeah. Nice matte black. Looks savage. Okay. You see, yeah, just look it up close. There's a few dents and holes in it. and You paint a, a, a bike black and it always looks pretty flash in the photos. <laughs> That's, you know, it's all about the angles, bro. All about the yeah. angles. Um, okay, so yeah, that leads us nicely to track days. And so you, you just did a track day on Sunday? On Sunday, yeah. Got it done on Sunday. It was incredible. Um, we had uh, 10 people in a essentially a private afternoon session they had a private morning session private afternoon session because our lockdown laws are uh, easing and the first stage of that was gatherings of 10 people were okay so we had 10 bikes it was a short circuit you can lap it in less than a minute so we had five or six super motards there um two thousand cc monsters they were um not the Ducati monsters, but one was a eleven nine nine, and one was a R one, which was way too big for the circuit. But they still had a good time. There was a HP four BMW there, which I was in very very <laughs> jealous of. Yeah. Um, and then mine the six hundred at a couple of six hundred. So yeah, it was a good little um crowd of people, and just surprising to be in such a tight circuit. My back almost went in the first two laps. I was just surprised to be jumping all over the bike was was pretty um intense it, like it almost went as in it was just seizing up just not used to it yeah just just being like i've only been doing sit-ups and running for the last two or three months and to go from i also didn't do a full warm-up and um Power yeah ups. just yeah i know i know Bro. i woke i went to a track day where i woke up at nine o'clock in the morning i didn't understand what was going on <laughs> because we only had we had a three three hour block in the afternoon so rather than doing 20 minute sessions we had three hours as one chunk and so I so it was an open it, pit lane so basically yeah 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 yeah, yeah. that's good that's good mm. how, how long did you go out like each session i still stuck to that routine of kind of 20 minutes on and then at least probably 20 minutes off it was just kind of cool down. I just I was just listening to my body. I just knew I didn't want to bin myself or the bike on my first track day back. So yeah, that was the main aim. 
no that's that's good so it's quite a tight track does it like um it sounds like brands hatch here that's that's like under a minute yeah um, track it's very very short but it's it's mainly just sort of right corners i think we've got two lefts in it okay the sort of same this one's got a fastish right but then lots of hairpins which is why the motards go really well on it Um, okay and another long right lots of change of in elevation similar to brands hatch except we don't get the opportunity to do like a big wheelie photo over the over the hill (laughs) isn't that what you get at brands hatch you get like that yeah if you've got the balls yeah. Not, not, uh, like, not like me you could definitely get um you're probably might, i think it might be cadwell actually cadwell is one where you see a lot of guys like jumping okay um because of the i've never i've never ridden there but uh, i'm guessing it's it's pretty hectic because you see well, that, a lot of like pictures that's where we got to go when i come over and when we're both there we're just we'll rent a couple of bikes and we've got to get air underneath the tires <laughs> yeah it's got to be the aim <laughs> Dude, that's gonna be like motocross days. Yeah. Do you do motocross? I had a dirt bike when I was three, um, but I didn't ride it all that much. I didn't have anyone else around me to ride too much with, and the big bike scared the crap out of me. So it got yeah. a few paddock runs and things like that. By 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 the time I was ten, I stopped. Oh, fair enough. Hmm. Yeah, I think because I was brought up in South Africa, so we we were out on motorbikes heaps. And um, I think that's that's sort of what, well, that's what's kept me in in the sport of motorbikes, and then the the progression to the sort of superbike style, and now loving the road versus the dirt. Yeah. Okay. Which is hectic. So having both and keeping them up, keeping them together. Have you have you had track, uh, more circuit like dirt tracks open at all? Oh, have they been open here? Uh, I don't know. Hmm. No, I'm gonna guess no because everything else has been sort of stopped. Um, as of June the first, they started opening track days, and um, I had a look at the rules for what they were doing, and so it's a maximum of three bikes per garage, and also they're doing an online briefing as well. So prior to arriving, the the rider must complete an online indemnity and briefing. So whereas they would normally have those rooms where you have the chatting, um, it looks like we, they're doing it all there. So you don't Pre- you don't have to sit and pretend to be interested at watching the flags again yeah, for the hundredth time. If, yeah, if you've been to a, quite a few track sessions, you're going to be uh, you could probably give the speech yourself. Hey. Yeah. Um. And, uh, yeah, so only three bikes per garage. So when I spoke to you yesterday, you said that it was a smaller group. I'm thinking that's going to be the same for the UK as well. They'll, their maximum will just be whatever they can fit three per garage. So. Yeah, that's it. I mean, that's all you can do. That and hope people don't injure themselves so badly that they end up taking a ICU bed. Yeah, legit. But otherwise, we've got to take the risks to do the things we like doing. So, I think so. I think everyone knows that getting into the sport. Yep. And uh, it definitely is a sport. 
for sure. Because, like you're saying, on do you your have first people, track session back. Do you have people arguing that, that it's not a sport? People who don't ride. Yeah, true. Yeah, people who don't ride and they don't really understand um, the demands on the body. And yeah. the, there's a huge, yes, yeah, because there's a huge mis- misconception that um, it's the machine doing majority of the work. Which, I mean, it does do a lot of work. It does its, mm-hmm. it does its role. But without the pilot, you know, yeah. um, it's not going to be doing what it, what it can do to get the speeds and things around those corners. And I've, I've chatted about it a little bit on um, track day fitness in terms of the heart rate as well. We get up to a near, near maximal heart rate. Um, and it's, it's held as well for majority of the race or... Yeah. Uh, a lot, some of the research was taken from free practice. So you're sitting at that that higher heart rate. Your your blood's pumping. You you got that oxygen demand, um, and you're sweating. Yeah. You're putting that work in. So. And you got to concentrate. You can't necessarily just drop out. You can't get into a, a rhythm like you can when you're just going for a, a run. You can't or a swim. You don't just kind of put in the motions. You got to keep. Especially when you're racing, you're figuring a lot of things out constantly. Yeah, definitely. I think the con- well, the concentration is the main thing. Hey, I think mm. racing is going to be different. I've not raced, but there's a there's a hell of a lot more to it where you've got riders probably dipping on your inside line, um, whereas in, on a track day, that's sort of abolished as much as possible. Yeah. So you don't have you, you don't have that to sort of consider. Yeah. But you are overtaking people, you know. You do have to consider, okay, how fast is he going? Where's he going to turn in? Yep. Yeah. Now I think concentration's um, it's it's the main one. I find a lot of people, um, they, throughout the day, that's what's flagging the most, um, and it's probably down to general fitness, because not a lot of not a lot of riders do their fitness, yep. or even prepare the body ready to get on the bike um and then that's hindered so i think probably maybe in a mental point of view not everyone's preparing themselves because again they're they're thinking the bike's gonna be doing the work yeah definitely. not thinking not thinking of themselves as an athlete as um someone who's going to be putting themselves under that much physical stress when yeah you do. I, I learned that from you i mean in that time it took what six months really of preparation um and in that time, practicing at my track days to go and do a warm up, go and do a stretch. It's the same as the gym routine. It's like here are my six, you know, here's my five minutes of warm up. Here are my six stretches that I usually do before I even think about getting on the bike. It's the same way I turn, you know, boot, turn the bike on and warm it up. We, not a lot of people practice the same thing for themselves. Yeah, and you see it like if you think about. Um rugby or football then you'll see the guys warming up pre-game they'll be warming up on the sidelines you know you've got to you've got to prepare the muscles and get yourself ready um as opposed to jumping on cold and at high risk of injury and and also not as mobile because if you you haven't got that flexibility yeah um and you're you're sitting on the bike and you're cramping up and then that's the worst especially if you if you've just like pushed it and you've got really excited and you start squeezing the whole body 
down a straight and then you're cramping in your legs and you've got a corner coming up so it's the worst let's not have that it's yeah. the worst <laughs> it's the hip cramp that gets you yeah yeah that's it that's it and then I stick my leg out and it looks like I'm just letting people pass but yeah <laughs> or you're like pro motor GP rider so you're like leg dangle <laughs> <laughs> that's what I tell everyone anyway yeah yeah exactly Leg dangle, bro. Leg, leg dangle. <laughs> when, why is it not? Why is it not every time? You're like, oh, because you know, I'm not pushing. I'm not pushing. Enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Slow a quarter that one. Didn't need to. Yeah. Um. So I think we've we've kind of migrated to that fitness. So we talk about fitness. So what? When did you want to sort of focus on on your fitness? Um. I wanted to when I started to think that I wanted to take racing. I wanted to take my track bike beyond just um, track days and do racing. Um, I knew that was going to be the next level of risk and that starting to understand to mitigate that risk had to start with seeing all of the things that I was in control of to work on those. So it wasn't just about the cornering. It wasn't just about acceleration and braking. It was about concentration. Like we've just said, it was, it's about flexibility. It's about, you know, strength, um, and I had an interest in wanting to, to have a, a routine that was specific to the race bike because unlike growing up trying to do sprinting or uh, football or anything, basketball, whatever, the, there was training specific to that which would make me want to train because I'd want to win. I'd want to win a game. But when not, now that I'm not playing those games and I was just doing motorcycle riding, there was no reason no um no momentum no like engagement for me to go to the gym motivation to go to the gym um but when i could work with you and we were starting to see that there was specific exercise exercises i could do it meant that when i was going to the gym i was starting to think about the bike and that was getting me pumped up why when i was in the middle of you know one of the one of the assault bike sessions that you got me doing you know it's like (laughs) i've got to push 20 more seconds on this and i'm just going fuck that I don't want to keep going and then sure enough sure enough it's just like well I'm going to put the effort in now because it's the same as tightening that tighten up that last bolt or you know tuning the engine or buying the right oil or the right petrol it's all kind of part of the same package yeah yeah that's a good way to look at it looking at keeping your body the same as uh, how you keep your bike yeah because we all love our bikes that's it that's it we definitely do um when you so when you were looking beforehand did you did you find did you do any like research on the internet and actually find anything that helped you uh improve your fitness as a motorcycle there was some there was something i saw i think there was someone had bothered to write up something around marquez or at least had photos of marquez in the in the article and then had a bunch of basic body weight exercises um which I never followed. I wrote them down. I found them in one of my um, notepads the other day um, with all my track notes. But I never bothered to do it because it was kind of general, just same old kind of thing. It didn't feel specific to what I was trying to do. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's sort of what I found as well when I had a look. Um, there, there was like maybe one or two sort of websites of sort of PT had sort of done a little bit where they had a client who was interested in in uh, riding 
but there was nothing really constructive and that's where I sort of thought that'd be that'd be a nice sort of avenue for me to focus uh, my fitness training um, to help others especially going from the sports science point of view so I, I love the I love the data yeah <laughs> love the data you love a good and, spreadsheet uh, yeah I love it I love a good spreadsheet brew <laughs> giving the data <laughs> all, all the time it just helps you analyze things a lot better <laughs> it does it does it was good to start using that as well really starting to see that yeah I think well it, it gives you direction um, you can also see what what you've done and uh, I think that helps just your your consistency and your accountability as well when you go for the next session. Because like if you don't have it down, you'll go to the next one and be like, oh, what, what did I push last week? And then you might do the same and then you'd never actually uh, stress that muscle to make it yeah. adapt. So you, yeah, just, yeah. you just stay at the same. You'll never, never get to that next level. Um, and then we adjusted it as well because we knew when your track sessions were coming up and we we knew when that race was so we were able to sort of deload the body and get you ready especially stopping things like um anything that attacks your grip or your your neck yeah um because we didn't want that fatigued at all pre yeah. pre-racing so and bringing so, in the stretching it was nice it was just kind of good to to know that i didn't need i'd done all the work in the weeks beforehand it's really good i think something i didn't notice until you know eight weeks to ten weeks in that you would then explain to me okay we were doing a four week block of um i don't know something but then we're moving to a four week block of strength building and so i just because i was just tuning in logging on looking at the excel spreadsheet putting in the you know adding the weights the 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 bar and stuff and just going and doing the exercises to cut that thought out Suddenly, when I stood stood back at the end of four weeks, you're like, "Okay, we're going to rest and do something different now." I'm like, "Oh, okay, I get it now." There's like this we're building to something, so it allowed me to to chill out in the week before, or, or if we change direction a bit, I there was a new focus. Yeah, that was really handy. Yep, nice little blocks. Yeah, we had general adaptation just to get you ready because you hadn't, you hadn't. That's it. Yeah, gym gym trained, like done resistance work for a fair while most Five of the training years, was like sort of running yeah. yeah yeah so we had that general adaptation to get you ready and then we had a nice little strength block um and then i think the race started to come in so we had like a little maintenance phase but mm. the whole time um yeah that stretch routine the mobility work and um and the training was all sort of in a nice routine and then we tried to keep that routine in terms of the stretching pre track any track days that you did yeah um I think the most interesting thing that I found when working with you was um, thinking about the thermoregulation side of things. So, because Oz is so hot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I was like, I was like, how? What can we? What? What can? What can we do to help your body? Um, and we we tried like a, you took like a little cooler bag, hey. Yeah. To I one took, of your track days. I took some ice bricks and stuck them down my leathers. To yeah. cool down, I just stuck them around my um my groin because I figured that was the biggest um or, or under my arms or my neck or something like that. But that was because I could take half the suit off. That would cool down through evaporative cooling. But it was that kind of my legs would stay so warm, and I didn't want to take all my leathers off and put them all back on again. So I just stick an ice pack down there, which um I didn't know you explained to me how much that how much 
tax there is on your body when you don't let it cool down. And so really that was really good because it would also get less tight by the end of the day. It's almost like every time I was jumping on the bike, I was re-stretching the muscles, which was helping them be limber for each and every session instead of having them always tense all day. Yeah. No, that's so good. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a nice, interesting aspect. Because I think in England, you don't, we don't need to do that, in all honesty. Maybe hot as summer, hmm. um, but generally it's not, not as hot. Did I tell you some of the cut. hot days we had? Nah, it, uh, well, we had you a, may have, but what? Yeah, yeah it, was, it was 40 degrees one day, and I would drink, I'd get off the, the I would six sessions that day, and I drank a litre of water between each session, and I never went to the toilet. Oof. I sweated all of that out, so it yeah. would have been like six litres, seven litres of water on top of my usual intake, and uh, yeah, just... It got me through the whole day. It meant, it meant that I actually had a full track day. There's a lot of people just packing it in after four sessions. Bowing up. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. 40 degrees and yeah. Celsius. Yeah. So that's an absolute cooker. Mm. And once you've got your leathers on and then you've got your helmet on, and even though you do have that slight sort of that wind coming on you while on track, it doesn't, it doesn't cool the body down that much because you don't exactly have that much... Um, breathability in leathers because you want to keep them as basically as solid as possible yeah yeah, yeah that's, and that's then if, as, as soon as there was a delay getting out on circuit you're in your leathers and you're just sitting at pit exit it was horrible oh. yeah yeah i remember riding uh when i lived in oz and just like riding to work and uh like hard as summer and i think at this time i was working at um like a fitness gym so my shift started at like 4am so I was finished by like half one two so I was riding yeah. home at like that time yeah and you get like stuck at traffic lights brew like the sweat's just pouring down your face you're trying to pop the visor up to get some like get some fresh air yeah oh it's the worst and like I didn't know want to not ride with any gear on so I'd always have my my leather jacket on um and like some Kevlar pants um I'm with you on that man I look at I look at a few Uber Eats delivery scooter drivers and scares the crap out of me yeah it's it's the youtubers brew they scare me yeah what max wrist and and those guys i think no well max wrist uh, he's like what he does on the roads i i don't agree with Mm. it's um no it's more the the other guys who on their sports bike they'll thrash it down the highway but they'll be in a t-shirt yes yes whereas max wrist he's always in leathers that's true. Yeah. So he, he does he does have his uh, full kit always on. I end up that's they're the kind of videos I end up watching at like two in the morning when I can't <laughs> sleep and all I start yeah. watching is videos of guys failing at wheeling and then yeah. we're in a t shirt and just having nightmares about that. Oh <laughs> see ya. See ya skin. <laughs> no thank you. Nah. But that happens, eh? I think because like because uh, we like bikes and you obviously like you'd like a a bike page or whatever, and then your your Facebook and YouTube and anything is just loaded with pointless videos. <laughs> Scroll and watch. Yeah, yeah, that's you know simple simple creatures. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> yes, we are. On on a on a wheelie failure, there was one. Um, so I think it was on on track addicts. 
I think it's Track Addicts, the Facebook group in England. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like all the boys were like, uh, own up, who was this? Because <laughs> I think it was in the UK. <laughs> and it was watching, it was in a car, they were videoing behind them and there was a, there was a lad um, on a sports bike. And he kept looking behind him, kept looking behind him. And then he tries to pop a wheelie and he just he just whacks it too hard, flips it. And then he was so lucky, bro, because there was another car on the other side of the road going forward, but it it, it missed him. Um, oh. But yeah, just just flopped it. Nice nightmare stuff. I can't wheelie anyway, so I don't even bother. That's probably why it scares me more, because I just imagine trying to do that and I'd be one of those guys. Yeah. Hopefully not in a t-shirt, but... Exactly. He was in a t-shirt. Oh. Holy. Nah, I want to go to a wheelie school. Yeah, yeah. Just learn. That, that, that's the one where they got it on like a on the back of a truck, and you do. Have you seen think, those ones? Um, I have seen them. Yeah, I've seen that. I don't think this one was though. You use their bikes, and I think they've got that like a uh, safety thing at the back. So if you go too far, it will it will at least catch the bike. Yep. So it can't fully flip. Um. Yeah, I think that's what that's what they have at this That'd one that we're doing. looking at. I tried one of those uh, like machines. We tried that machine. I, no, I've seen videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was weird. <laughs> it was super weird. I've power wheelied before. I think every, I think everyone. I've wheelied has. off the yeah off the start yeah. of a race. Yeah. But yeah, not like a super controlled. No, 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 no stand up ninja. the length of the straight kind of Simoncelli move. Yeah. Oh, Bree. Yeah, imagine doing that because they do it at speed too. Cross the line. Yeah, oh. that's the dream. That's I'm not. I'm never going to win a world championship, but if I can do a stand up wheelie, the length stand of stand up wheelie across a <laughs> length of my straight. <laughs> if I ever win a race, I'll do it. Is there um? Because I know at like track days, like they crack down on wheelies. Is it the same at races? Yeah, of course. Like but a show of wheelie. If, if yeah, if I'm but if I'm going to win a race, I'll <laughs> I, I don't ever see myself winning a race. I plan to. But if yeah. I, if, I'll be bloody stoked if I do. <laughs> so stoked you pop a wheelie. Yeah, yeah. I'll probably, it'll be the first time I'll ever try it. <laughs> <laughs> Just cross the line first, so it's yeah. not an epic fail. Yeah. Um. Fair, so the, the penalisation for doing it isn't like a four-month ban or something stupid. No, I've just seen it where it's, you know, that's the end of your day, you got to go home. Yeah, yeah. Catch you later. Um, fair play. Well, yeah. we've chatted about GP, some track days, Oz versus England, um, and some fitness. Yeah, that's that's the knee down podcast. Did I? I did the, it right. Did podcast. I? <laughs> you did it right, Rui. Yeah, nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thank you very much for joining today. Thanks, mate. Um, great chat to you. And uh, hopefully we'll, we can do it again sometime. Yeah, definitely. Anytime. I'll you know, I'll keep you updated with my next um, track day, which is in a month. Mid-July is my next one. Wicked. I'm hoping mm-hmm. mid-July as well, July 15th. Um, actually going to go to Ron Haslam Track School. I think it's Racing they, Track School. Are they sponsoring like his podcast? Uh, yes. <laughs> hey, guys, if you want to sponsor this, uh, just drop me an email. <laughs> no, what's sponsoring this is Track Day Fitness. <laughs> <laughs> More money out the door. 
It's what we have to do. <sighs> yeah, buddy. All right, thanks very much, man. Have a great day, and uh, we'll catch you later. Cheers, man. Peace. Until then, everyone, keep your knees down. Speak to you soon. <laughs>